Okay, so we're going to continue on Tefillah Shoshana with, with the Maimar Chochma and the Remchal. So last time we, we, we did what's in some farm called Eis Aleph, now we're going to move to Eis Beis. Eis Beis is about the Indian of Sefer, Sefer Achayim. Um, just to point out that we daven in the Shemona Esrei, we add some additions, right? In the beginning of Shemona Esrei, we add... After before Malgain Avram, Zachrena Lachayim, Melchofetz Bachayim, because Venim Sefer Chayim Lamancha Lukim Chayim. So we say, remember us for life, the King who desires there should be life. Write us into the Book of Life for your sake, the God of Life. Then, before Chayim Mesim, we add in Mikam Meicha. Avarachamon, who is like you, the father of mercy, the one remembers his his creations, or his the ones he formed, Lachaim for life, Berachamim in his in his mercy. So those are the two additions that we have at the beginning of Shmona Esrei, and at the end of Shmona Esrei we add in. So each one seems to be a plea to Kosh Baruch Hu that we want Chaim, we want life. So the question we have to define: What does that mean that we want that we want life? So before Meidim we say. So you notice over there, there is a shinoi, there's a change. It doesn't say we want life, it says we want good life. And the same thing also after Sim Shalom, we find something similar also. We're asking for again good life. In the book of life, of blessings and peace. So we're asking for some qualitative um, upgrade in, in the current life that we have. It's also. I think everyone would agree, like on the public, that is a qualitative upgrade to Parnasa Teva. Xeris Tevis, who doesn't want Xeris Tevis? Yeshua's from the Chamais. We want to be saved and we want to be and we want to be consoled. The Zacher and the Kosev of Fanecha, we should remember, it should be written before you. Anachalom Chobe Yisrael, also all the Jewish people, Chaim Tevim, Loshalom again with the Chaim Tevim, not just Chaim. So again, it's, it's interesting. The two editions are two at the beginning, there are two of them at the end. The ones in the beginning seem to focus on that we want Chaim, and the ones at the end seem to focus on. Chaim Toivin, right? No, just, just to point that out. So we have to, Bechlau, before we see the Ramchal, is going to answer some of these. It's a very short piece, this Ramchal, but it brings out a, a, a big side. We have to understand, Bechlau, what does it mean to daven for Chaim anyway? Are we davening for physical life? Are we davening for Chai Oilam? Are we davening for Elam Haba? How can a person daven for Elam Haba anyway? Elam Haba Lachar should be totally in your, in your Um We also know the Chazal tell us that like the like we saw in the tefillah, it says b'sefer achaim. So Chazal tell us that 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 shloshes svarim niftachim. There are three books that are open. There's the book of tzaddikim and the book of the rishoyim and there's the book of the bainanim. Um, Chazal famously say that that chodesh elul the tzaddikim already do tshuva and therefore when they enter shana they're written right away down in the sefer achaim. Um, and the bainanim they postpone and they wait till serish by tshuva do tshuva and by yom kippur there. They're written down the book of Chaim and the Rishayim. They unfortunately stay and they don't ever change in there. And they're written in the, the Sefer Rishayim. And some of the Chassidim like to famously say, you really have until Hanukkah, right? <laughs> don't, you don't want to be that. Don't be that guy. <laughs> don't, don't be the guy who takes an extension on your taxes. Never works out well. Never works out well for you, right? But again, we see there's an Indian that there is a book that's written. It's a book of life. And there's a book of, a book of, book of death. So the question we have to ask is like, what is that book? Is that physical life or is that physical death? So when you go through the Son of Tokif on, on, on davening, it very much so talks about physical life and physical death, right? You know, mi be mi be eish, mi be mayim, right? Who's how you gonna how you gonna go? Who's who's gonna get a car accident, right? And tshuva, tshuva, tefila, and tzlakam um, is mavir roya gzardinei, right? That tshuva and tefila, person doing tshuva, person davening, a person giving tzlakam will remove the evil decrees. So very much so it sounds like there's this Indian Rosh Hashanah 
about whether or not a person will physically live or physically die. What's problematic about that is, is that we find there are many great tzaddikim who did tshuva, who ostensibly would be written in Sefer Tzaddikim, many Bainanim, who again, did tshuva, worked very hard on it, and were also written ostensibly in Sefer Tzaddikim, and yet they died during the year. Some of them even died when they were, they were young. So it's, it seems very shallow and very, very two-dimensional to think that this is a time when we're davening that we should or should not get into a car crash, davening to Kosh Baruch for that kind of a chayim. That, that kind of chayim does not seem to be promised to... Uh, to anybody, in fact, other we find that there are rishayim that are flourishing in this world that live to a ripe old age, and they, you know, and they're still kicking until they're 101 years old, and, and then they die. And these people, most certainly, I would assume, were not written in the sefer achayim. So it's very hard to understand that to be something which is which is literal. So we'll read through the Ramchal with these questions, trying to understand these inserts into into the into the tefila. We have a different plus for you. It is going to start. Um, no, keep going. One more page. We had you right in the first place. Um, sorry, right. Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. See, um, Indian, Indian, Indian say for a Okay, so the Ramchal again is very terse, and we're going to try to open it up and give more of a hezbar. So, he says, the first cheshbin that's made in Rosh Hashanah is that a person is judged based on his actions to know if he's counted amongst the tzaddikim or if he's counted amongst the Rishoyim. So, the Ramchal is telling us that the first thing Akash Baruch does is he assesses, are you a tzaddik? Or are you a Rasha? So the Ramchal is saying, this is what's called the Sefer Chaim and the Sefer Mesim. So Sefer Chaim and Sefer Mesim are not who's going to live that year and who's going to die that year. Sefer Chaim refers to, are you a Tzaddik? And Sefer Mesim refers to whether or not a person is a Rasha. That a person that's written, that, that's, that's been Kavua, that he's been Kavea, he's been assessed, as being amongst the tzaddikim, he is the one that's written in the Sefer Achaim. And the one that's been pushed away, Nikba ben and he's been, he's been established as being a Rasha, he is written in the Sefer HaMesim. So Sefer Achaim, Sefer HaMesim is really an assessment of are you a tzaddik or are you a Rasha? Nothing to do with whether or not you're going to live or you're going to die that year. The one that's undecided is the Bainani. The Bainani is not decided which Sefer he's in, this initial judgment, until Yom Kippur. And that's what it means when we daven for the first two inserts in Shmona Esrei, remember us for life. We are davening that we want to be tzaddikim. We are davening, we want to be in the book of, of Tzadikim. That's what true Chaim is. So we're going to have to you know, explain how a person can daven that he wants to be judged as a Tzadik. Well, how is that even possible, right? You are a Tzadik, you're not a Tzadik. But at least the Ramchal has clarified for us that the first two inserts in Shemana Asrei are referring to a person that is asking a Kosh to remember him to be a Tzadik and therefore be written in the Sefer Chaim, which has nothing to do with life and death. It has to do with whether or not you're a Tzadik or a Rasha. He says, Amnon says, but furthermore, well, that's step one. So step one, Akash Baruch Hu says this. Are you a tzaddik? Are you a rosh? Are you a sefer chayim? Are you a sefer mason? The next thing is that Akash Baruch Hu will make zeras for all the events that are going to occur in the year th- throughout that next year. Sometimes a tzaddik can suffer because of the fact that he is a tzaddik. And we will unpack all this. Right? It's, uh, sometimes suffering will come to a person specifically because he is a tzaddik. So you see a person and he's, and he's terribly pained and has some kind of issue. It is a very, um, it's a lot of amaratis. It's a very ignorant perspective to say he must be suffering because he's a bad person. 
Adarab, there are times that people suffer because of their tzitkis. And other times we see a person who is very matzliachtik, he's doing well in Parnassah, he seems to be happy, everything's going well with the family, etc. And we say, oh, it's 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 because it's he's a good person, right? So sometimes that is true, yeah, sometimes he's matzliach by dint of the fact that he is a tzaddik. But it's not always like that. When it comes to Russia, Kimokain, similar. Sometimes the reason why we find some people that are matzliach in this world and they're doing well is not is because they're rishayim. Because of the fact he's a Russia, he's going to do well in this world. Again, these explanations. It's possible that a person that's suffering or was, had met some kind of early demise, it could be that also was an outgrowth of his riches. So really, the events that happen to us during the year, whether they're good events or they're bad events, 100% are linked to the fact whether we're tzaddikim or rishoyim, but it can go in any direction. Sometimes good things can come to us because we're tzaddikim. Sometimes bad things can come to us because we're tzaddikim. Sometimes good things can come to a person because he's a rasha. Sometimes bad things can come to a person because he's a rasha. So it's very unclear when it happens, why exactly it's happening. But, but HaKadosh Baruch Hu understands a certain cheshben. So he's making two separate cheshbenes. Cheshben one, are you in the group of Chaim or Mesem? Are you a tzaddik or a rasha? Cheshben two, okay, now that you are a tzaddik or now that you are a rasha, what's going to happen to you during the year? And that, that calculation that HaKadosh Baruch Hu makes is something which is not predictable or not so much really understood by us, but very much so he understands why that's linked to a person being a tzaddik or a rasha. Don't think because good things are happening that you're a big tzaddik. Right. Or that bad things are happening is because they're a rasha. Right? But we'll have to explain why, why that works like that. So he says, However, though, all the events that will happen to you during the year, they are a direct outgrowth from the first cheshman a Kodesh Baruch Hu makes, which is establishing if you're in Sifre Chaim or Mesim, if you're at Tzadik or Rasha. Ulam kol is palim. However, on the Xeris we daven, uchsov l'chaim toivin. So the last two inserts in Shmon Esrei, by Modim and by Sin Shalom, those are dominant for the quality of life that we'll have. The first two inserts that we have in the Shmon Esrei are dominant, we're dominant, we want to be a tzaddik. And based on the fact that we're a tzaddik or a rasha, that's going to affect the way the gzeris in the year will come out. And the last two inserts are saying, Baruch Hu, once you've assessed that I'm a tzaddik and I'm davening to be a tzaddik, please let that play itself out in a way which is pleasant in my life. So Chaim refers to being a tzaddik, and Chaim Toivim re- reflects to the way the Xeris come down in this world, it should be a goodness that I appreciate. Not good in general, but a goodness that I appreciate. So let, let's go back to the top now, um, and try to be, and unpack this, this um, Rimchal, why the word Chaim and tzaddik are synonymous, and why the word Rasha and Misa are, are, are also synonymous, um, and we have to explain again how we, how we have to, how we're able to daven for being a tzaddik, that doesn't seem like something that one should be davening for. It seems like it, it, you are, you aren't. And furthermore, we have to explain why our cheshben of being a tzaddik or a rasha will affect the xeris that we have during the year and how it can really go in either direction. So on the first lakud of understanding why chayim and sidkis are linked, the Gemara Brachas talks about, has an interesting sugi over that, I think we've discussed it before in the share, about whether or not the mesim, the people who die, have the ability to understand what's going on in this world. It has a robust discussion over there. Either they are aware of what's going on in this world, they're not aware of what's going on in this world. And in the process, the Gemara discusses the idea, based on the Pasuk about Ben Yoda, who um, um, during the time of Davon Melch was the Av based in the Sanhedrin, it's called Ben Ishchai. He is called a person who is alive. Now, but the Gemara points out that, that Benayu Ben Yudah actually was not alive anymore. So why is he called the Ben Ishchai? So the Gemara famously says that Sadiqim, 
um, that a tzaddik, even in his death, is called that he's alive, and a rasha, a filobachayov, is called a mace. It brings, brings the Gemara brings psukim and examples to prove that even a rasha, even while he's alive, he's biologically alive, his heart is ticking, his cells are reproducing, however, that he is considered to be a mace. So, Sitkis equals Chaim, according to the Gemara, and, 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 and Rishis equals death. So what, what is, what's Taka the Hezbra in that? So the Hezbra in that, I think, just to, to find one way of explaining it, is that one of the last Mishnahis, or the last Mishnah in Shas, talks about the idea, the, the end of uh, the Shas in Uksen says, that a Baruch Hu is manchal Shaya Ilamis, he gives um, Shaya Ilamis, which is um, 310 worlds, to those who love yesh, those who love existence. Uh, there is. Yesh means there is. So Shai, the number of worlds that Tzadik has in Olam Abba, the 310 worlds is Gematria Yesh. Shin and Yud, flip it around, you get Yud and Shin. So we see that that a Baruch Hu is Manchil Olam Abba to those that love Yesh, those that love existence. So what's the What is Yesh? Right? So we have two concepts. We have Yesh, we have Ayin. We know that the creation of the world was also created Yesh Ma'ayin. Why is it Yesh Ma'ayin? That there was seemingly, as far as humanity is concerned, nothingness. Um, and then post, post-creation, all of a sudden there's a world of Yesh. There's a world of stuff. There's tables, there's chairs, there's the trees, there's you, there's me. There's everything that's in the world. So we have, what, what is this concept of Yesh and Ayin? So Yesh and Ayin is something which flips based on one's perspective. We, we live in a world which blocks the ultimate reality of a Kodesh Baruch so in the physical world that we live in, the Olam HaGashmi, like we spoke about many times in Derech Hashem, the world of Gashmias is the antithesis to the world of Ruchnias. The world of Gashmias creates a cover over Akash Baruch Hu where we can't freely see Akash Baruch Hu. We only see a veil and we function in a world where it enables us to have Bechira where we think that what we see is real and we don't understand the true reality that ultimately ain't Omulada. So the world of Gashmias is a cover on Akash Baruch Hu. From that perspective within this world, everything in the world is Yesh. If I can touch it, it's there. If I can see it, it's there. If, if I can't see it or I can't touch it, it's not real to me. A child um, grows up and he understands certain facts. He knows that sweet things taste good and he knows that if he um, jumps off a, a ledge, he's going to fall down and get hurt. Um, he understands not to walk into objects, right? This is the world of Yesh that's by him. There's a world of terror. You have to teach a child. In fact, Chazal tell us that a person that is a... Um, a cherish from, from birth or from a young age where he never developed the ability to have language, he's deaf, he is pater mitzvahs because you can't expect somebody to be a spiritual person if he didn't have the ability to hear because who's supposed to teach him what's right, what's wrong? Who's supposed to teach him what the mitzvahs and the terror are? It's not comprehensible from within the framework of the natural world. A person who never was able to learn terror because he was, he was deaf and unable to speak, meaning unable to speak is a sign that, that he never developed um, a construct of language. If, if a person was able to speak and then he subsequently loses hearing, then he at that point he's still chayv mitzvahs because he's a bardas at that point, right? So why is the gather of it something that a person can hear? And the answer is because terror is not something which is apparent in the world. It's not part of the world of God. I have to teach it to you. I have to tell somebody. You have to inform them. You have to, you have to be mechanach a child. This is how you keep mitzvahs. This is the Kodesh Baruch Hu. This is what we believe in as Jews. A person that plops into the world, a guy or, or, or a person never had Torah mitzvahs, he, he doesn't know any of these things. The natural state of the world is it's good to amass money and it's good to, uh, to have a good time and it's good to uh, maximize pleasures in life and, 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 and whatnot. There's no concept of a spiritual world because he never was told about it. He doesn't see it. He doesn't perceive it. So within the framework of this world, Ruchnius is really ayin. Akkadosh Baruch Hu's reality is nothing to us. We don't see Hashem. We don't understand Hashem. It's beyond our comprehension. The world of, of stuff is very much on the world of yesh. You know, you take a non-spiritually sensitive person and you tell them, okay, you need to do terah mitzvahs. 
He says, okay, why? So you have Olam Haba, but I don't know anything about Olam Haba. You don't need to explain to this person you need to go make a lot of money so you can buy a big house. That he gets. He, he gets it. It's, it's readily apparent to him because in his world, that's the world of Yesh. That exists. That's real. He can touch it. He can feel it. But Kosh Baruch Hu is the world of Ayin. So from our perspective, Kosh Baruch Hu created the world Yesh Ma'ayin. That a Kosh Baruch Hu's world we don't understand and he created a world of stuff, a world of Yesh. But Klape the MS, lost the lovely, when the veil of Gashmias is revealed, we'll see that really this world of Gashmias, Sheker, Achein, the Havala Yoifi, that really it was, it was, it was empty. Havala Avalim, like Shalom Alex says, there was nothing to it. It was all a disguise. It was a guise. The only true reality, the only true Chaim is Akrosh Baruch Hu. What's Chaim? Chaim is existence. At the core of every person, we all have this internal desire to live. It's because we're a chelak of chelak el kaimimal, and we have a neshama, and then the neshama's makor is from is from the Abishar, and the mela that creates an existence is what's 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 intrinsic to us. True existence and true kiyam is the reality of a kodesh baruch and his his oneness. The physical world is something which will decompose and rot and go away, and one day a kodesh baruch will even destroy it and recreate it for Olam haba, where there won't be a physical world anymore. So calls mind that you're in this world, the world of Yesh seems to be the stuff that's around us, and the world of Ayin seems to be the reality of a Kosh Baruch Hu. But Klape Emes, the world of Ayin, is really the world of stuff that we live around. And the world of Yesh is the terror in the midst of that will last forever. And that's why a Kosh Baruch Hu is called Elokim Chaim, because he is the only true existence at its core. He is the only thing that will never run out. He is the only thing which is renewing and refreshed. And, 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 has, and has absolute existence. Everything else in the world, though it seems to run and to function and to exist, ultimately is, um, is, is a goisis. It's a treifa. It's going to one day end out. Even, even though the drives that we have for the physical, one day will shakhte its heart and will not have continued existence. So in that sense, it's called misa. So that tzaddik, while in this world, if he's, those who love yesh, what's yesh? True existence. What's true existence? True existence is Torah and mitzvahs in the world that will be created by dint of keeping Torah and mitzvahs. That's what a Kosh Baruch Hu will give to the tzaddikim, those who love true reality. Whereas the Rishoyim, they also love true reality, but the definition of true reality for a Russia and the definition of yesh, of true reality for a tzaddik, are very different. To the tzaddik, the Russia's yesh is really ayin. It's emptiness. It's, it's nothing. You want cars and, and, and COVID and, and food and, 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 and whatnot, that, that, that has no existence by me whatsoever. That, that's ayin, that, that, that's irrelevant to me. The world of Torah mitzvahs and learning other tesis, that's, that's yesh by me, that's real. Kosh Baruch will give it to all of a yesh, to the rasha, all that spiritual endeavors you're doing, that's ayin. What, what do they say, like a kid that's in yeshiva, what are you doing with your life? Like, what's that going to do for you? You're going to sit in yeshiva and like, and then what? And then what, right? So the, the, the Bakr says back to the person, you're going to go to college and get a good job and fancy, and then what? And then what, right? What are you going to do next? You're going to hang glide when you're 67 years old on, on a kosher cruise like, like Yashar Kayach, like I'm building a world of oil and right? So there's a fundamental divide over how we define what's called yesh and what we define as what's called ayin. So klape the physical world, yesh is stuff, and klape reality, yesh is a kodesh baruch right? Rivarin told a... a, a that he's told before many times, but it's really quite a powerful, powerful Misa, that, that he said that when Rav Meir um, Shmulevitz, Rav Chaim Shmulevitz's um, son, was getting married, he was getting married in Haifa, and the yeshiva was going up to Haifa, and back then he said that going to Haifa was an overnight excursion, it was, you know, somewhat difficult. He said Rav Nachum Partovich had just been diagnosed recently with MS, and eventually that he was, became debilitated over the course of time and, and it was succumbed to it and was lifted from it. Um, and he, Rivarin feels that, that, the, that this chasna was kind of like, I mean, again, if he has a window into his Rebbe, it feels like this chasna kind of like was the first time it really registered by Rav Nachum because Rav Nachum was not able to make the trip up to Haifa. 
So he said Rav Nachman was like off. It wasn't his usual self and, and must have been deeply thought about it. And Rav Chaim had asked for two volunteers to stay behind back in the yeshiva to guard his apartment because Rav Chaim had a lot of his ksavim and back then it was very popular for people to break into the homes of G'daylam and steal their ksavim and publish them. Um, apparently that was a parnasa, yeah, a very sad thing. So Rav Aaron and a friend of his stayed back to, to, to watch over Rav Chaim's, Chaim Shalavitz's house. So he remembers that, um, he told the story last night actually, but the last time he told the story, so he remembers that Rav Nachman was walking up a, an incline and having a hard time going up to, to, to yeshiva and having a hard time, and, and Ravarin went over to him and said, Rebbe, would, would Rebbe like me to watch his house and guard his house so that Rebbe can go and dive in Mariv? And Rav Nachman said, guard my house? He said, yeah, the, 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 he said, right, the ksavim. So guard my house. He said, guard my house? He said, yeah, for, for there's kanavim. And he said, Rav Nachum looked at Rav Aaron perplexed, and he says, my house? My house? He says, he says but, but I don't own anything. Hmm. And they said, but, but I don't need anything. And he kind of just walked off. <laughs> right? And Rav Aaron said that was not the way Rav Nachum ran. He was not a dreamer like that. That was not, that was not, that was not. He think it was, a, you know, but that, that self-admission to himself, but I don't have anything. But I don't want anything. <laughs> right? Meaning, to his world, what was currency? What was yesh? Yesh was toast with both, right? Tayra, Bavakamba, Matsya, Bavasra, Yavamis, right? He didn't even have Sfarim. Varan said he lived in a hole in the wall in the bottom of Yeshiva. He said there was even a, like, a part of the bedrock or something that they couldn't cut out that, like, protruded into his living room. Like, very sparse, even with Sfarim. He didn't even have Sfarim. Like, he used Yeshiva Sfarim. Like, he, he, owned, he had nothing, you know? To him, this world of Yesh, that everyone's busy with acquisitions, trying to give themselves existence, and, and they try to define themselves based on what they have because that's the world of Yesh. If you have stuff, you exist. That's the world of Yesh. To him, that was a world of iron. That was nothing. But I don't need anything, right? That that was that was iron by him. It was empty by him. Whereas whereas the world of terror was what was yesh. That that was the world that that existence. So the the shoyim they may be biologically alive, but spiritually they're dead. They have no kiyum. When their body eventually gives away, and the facade of this world is pulled away, all the possessions and all the tithes they chased it have zero existence. It's total iron. It's misa. There's nothing left. A tzaddik. Even if he has nothing in this world, when the facade of this world is left away, he will have a tremendous oitzer. He'll be manchel shai lomis in, in, in the next world. So that's why he's called he's called Chaim because he has true life. So even when a tzaddik is no longer alive physically, he's still the essence of existence. He's alive because that's true Chaim. A rasha, though he may be biologically alive, he's not connected to anything which has any kiyum whatsoever, and therefore he's it's really like the equivalent of like when you do shlita on, on an animal. I was once traumatized when I was uh, freshly from. I went to a kaparis this time of year, and they did shlita on a chicken, and the chicken was thrown in my direction and started jumping around wild, and one of them was shechted and, and ran away, and they chased it, and it seemed to hide behind a pole, and I said, Rebbe, I, I, I think... Uh, I think it's still alive, <laughs> right? But uh, so that one, Tuck, I think, eventually passed out on one of the neighbor's yards, you know. But uh, but no, that that, that shlita, I wouldn't eat it from that one. But but the other ones, the other ones, the pirkos, the animal is still still shaking and still going. It's not chayim. It's it's fake. It's 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 not real. It's not real. It's, it's just it's just jittering. There's no real chayim that's going on with the animal whatsoever. That's the rishayim. They look like they're alive. They look like they're kicking. It looks great. There's nothing that's really there. There's no connection. There's no eternity. There's no kiyam. So therefore, being a tzaddik is 100% synonymous with the world of Chaim. And being a Russia is 100% synonymous with the world of Misa. True life and true, and true death. So what's going on in the Sanatekiv? The Sanatekiv never claimed 
in my mind, I don't find a steer at all to tell you this is the only judgment on Rosh Hashanah, or this is even the main judgment on Rosh Hashanah. It, it very much so hits a person on an emotional level, and it brings a person to a certain recognition that a Baruch Hu is in control of the world, and that all the Xerias in the year are going to come out from Rosh Hashanah, from a Baruch Hu, and it tells you that a person has to return to Hu. Yes, it's, it's almost building on a very lowly Shema motivation in a person, but it's needed, because it's needed to break the outer shell of a person, to bring a person to start understanding what's What's real? I mean, even that line is on a toka that always gets me every year. You know that we're we're like a, a leaf that's that's floating, like dust that's that's scattered, like like broken broken cheres. You realize that like your world that you have is is totally impermanent. And yes, there's a scare factor: who's going to live, who's going to die, who by water, who by right. And, and and it makes you realize that wait a second, that's not what life is all about, right? But of course, Baruch Hu, we say is alokim chayim. It leads a person to the thought process that, okay, like, what am I doing with myself? What do I want for myself? And thinking about it almost backwards, think about from the Xerus of this world, to bring the realization that this world is not permanent, almost gets to the heart of what Rosh Hashanah is really about, which is that I want real Chaim, not about eternity, not, a, eternity, not about what I'm going to get next year, or if I get a pay raise, or if someone's going to get cancer or not. That's really not even relevant. It's, it's a fleeting thought. You know, in Rosh Hashanah, we don't have, a, it's brought down, you're not supposed to do any precautions for your own personal needs, right? It's, it's about a like we spoke about last week, it's about wanting the world of Mashiach, wanting Kosh Baruch because it's not about you. It's about the bigger picture of you accepting Kosh Baruch as your Melech and changing your priorities on the inside and, and wanting to align yourself. Who do I want to be? Do I want to be a person of eternal life or do I want to be a person that is full to the folly of this world and chases after physical pleasures that doesn't have any continuation? What I should get or I shouldn't get in this world is, is, is almost irrelevant. Now, they do say, a lot of Muslims say, that especially in our generation, my Rebbeim of Rebrangel was very much so into this. He said, that, that may be true on an ultimate level. On a personal level, though, we may not be holding on to Madrega, and therefore davening for our tzrachim really is a means of us to connect more to Kodesh Baruch Hu. So if that's how we get connection, it is. But, but one should realize that, that should, even if we do that, if it's a weakness we have, it's something we need, and, and just like, if that's how our Mesiach is, you know, your kid comes running to you, and if your kid is a big chacham, he wants to ask you about the purpose of life, and about, uh, about uh, what the halacha is, and the father gets tremendous nachas ruach, child of lower madrega, he runs to tati, tati, I need new shoes, right? If that's how he's misyachas to the father, then better that than him not talk to you at all, right? So we're misyachas to Kosh Baruch Hu we need stuff, right? So, so that, that, that our, our darga, that might be something which creates connection by us. It's okay. Hopefully, though, that, that shouldn't be the end of a person's Rosh Hashanah. So I'm not saying one should not daven his bakashas, even though it's brought on Allah not, but that's the minute that does. But that shouldn't be the main thing a person needs to start thinking about. Kosh Baruch Hu, align me to do what it is that I was created to do. Align me to be able to achieve the Elm Haba that I want to achieve. I should have the kalim in this world to get to where I need to get to and, and, and help me make that self-definition that I see what the real yesh is and not the, and not the ayin, right? So that, that really is the makor. That's why a person is davening for Mashiach at that time. So we, we said at the beginning, how is it shayich for a person to daven for chayim, right? The chayim is something which, which you, you either are tzaddik or you're not tzaddik. Rosh Hashanah is a day of alignment. It's a day of rotsin. rotsin. You're davening to be a tzaddik because what you're doing is you're recognizing within yourself that that's what you want. And a Kodesh Baruch Hu on this day functions with Rachamim. So really Rachamim is a shmuz that should be saved a little for the next section on Shoifer, which we're not going to get to. So we're going to, let's just talk very briefly about Rachamim. Where Rachamim during this time is something which is discussed um, a lot and therefore needs a little bit of Hasbro. What is Rachamim? So we know that Kabbalistically the Rachamim is always viewed as a mizog, a mixture of chesed 
and din, of kindness and judgment. In fact, with the Shefer, the, some of the time of Mitzvah, the, the Ridbaz and others explain that Tekiyah can I get chesed, and the Shvarim is can I get din, and the Tekiyah is elongated, and the, and the, and the Shvarim is broken, din, very exacting, and, and the Trua is almost like the, um, the music, the mixture of both, which is bringing the Rachamim, and the whole point of blowing the Shofar is to bring a Kodesh Baruch from Kisei din to Kisei, Kisei Rachamim, right? It's the expression of the inner coal of a person, on the depths of who I am, deep down, I want to be your Evid, I want to be your Ben, I want you to be my, my Melech, I want to do your Ratz, and that's the inner voice of the Shofar, brings to Rachamim. But it's a mixture of Chesed and, uh, but, it's, but it's a mixture of Chesed and, and, uh, and, 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 and Din. Yeah. I'm sorry, I'm sorry, I know we took over the room, but it's a, it's a mixture of Chesed and Din. So let's explain what that is really quick. Chesed is a Kosh attribute of giving. Kosh gives freely without uh, any strings attached whatsoever. That's pure chesed. Din is a Kosh Baruch expecting that we deserve the things that we, that we get that are within this world. So if we would give a mashal, chesed would be that a person bestows an unlimited allowance on his child, and whatever he wants, he gets. Din would be, you tell the child, get yourself a job, do chores around the house, you will not get a penny over, uh, over that, which it is that you've, you've, you've earned, Right? You know, chesed could be almost destructive. If a person is pouring chesed on somebody who has a drug problem, for example, then you will ruin him. You know, it's, it's, it's they call enabling. It's a terrible thing. Pure din is also something which most people cannot live on a madrega of pure din. Child grows up in a house of pure din, he might very well go off the derech. He can't handle such a rigid, strict um, system that doesn't give any, any breathing world. The, the bria itself can't function on... Pure din. It says originally that Brachus Bar Alokim, Lashon Alokim, Allah Kodesh Machshavte to run the world on din, and he saw that the world didn't have kim. So later on, it says the Shem Hashem Havaya, which is the Shem Rachamim, and he and he created Rachamim with the world. Right? I mean, we can't live in a world of strict giving. So of, of strict din. So pure giving is almost destructive. Will never uh, improve. Will never. Will never become better. Will never. Will never change. In fact, by the, the base of Mikdash, everybody thought a Kosh would keep giving Chesed. He would never destroy the base of Mikdash. How could a Kosh has given us all this goodness all these years? How could it ever end? They didn't believe one day in the base of Mikdash that the Din would would come. So Chesed is almost and a Kosh Baruch was Erech He waited. He waited. He waited. He waited. He waited. Pouring more and more Chesed. Right? Chesed is something which can be destructive. And you won't change if, if the if the hammer never comes down. On the other end, if you're living according to the strict attribute of of, of justice of of Din of of judgment, then you might not make it. You're not going to make it to the other end of the, of, 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 of the rat race. So Kosh Baruch Hu combines these two together to form something called Rachman. And Rachman is neither Chesed nor is it Din. It's a brand new Mitzvah, a brand new existence. This needs more time to be Masber, but we'll do it a little quicker. So to give a muscle of Rachman, Rachman is a mixture of Chesed and Din. What's, what's mercy? Mercy is, I see that right now you don't deserve it. Right? The, the dollars and cents don't add up. You haven't done enough work enough the house. You spent your allowance. You're on the negatives. You're, you're, not, you're, not, you're not deserving it. However, I will extend to you a chesed, a line of credit. But that line of credit comes with responsibility. I expect the, that the credit be, be paid. So it is a mixture of chesed and din. It's not unbridled giving. It's giving. I will give you when you don't deserve. But I want returns on my investment. That's where the din is. So according to the attribute of chesed, of course, we would give, 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 no matter what we do. We're all, you're just so beautiful and perfect, my child. I just give you whatever I want, right? And ruin you. Din, you only got what you deserve, right? And therefore, most of us would not live up to such a standard, and, and, and we wouldn't make it. Rachum is, I care about you, I love you, and I want to give to you. But I'm not giving to you in a way which is unhinged. 
it's going to have to require that I want to return on a return on investment, right? So almost the Rav once gave the Moshe once that Chesed would be investing in a company despite the fact that the books and the earnings are terrible. Din would be looking at the the books and saying, okay, I see right now that the company's not doing so well, but I'm, I'm noticing there are changes. There's a change of management. They're restructuring. They've uh, redone their product line. They've, the marketing is different. Whatever it is, the, there's prospect that exists, even though right now, according to the books, you don't deserve a dime. But based on the hishtadlis that you've made, I see that maybe it's worth it for me to invest because things might get better by you, right? That's Rachman. That, that's, that, that's Rachman. So Kodesh Baruch Hu gives us a lot of Rachman in this tkufa. We say, Kodesh Baruch Hu, I want to be a tzaddik. I want to be a tzaddik. And a person really means it. And he really identifies himself with that. And he really aligns himself in such a way. Then he can daven to be in Sifrit Tzaddikim even though what he's done during the year might not add up. There's two ways. In fact, Lashem uses Zachreinu. Remember. Remember, we have Zechiris also by Musaf, right? We, unfortunately, we won't have time to get into Musaf either, but Zechreinu, Zechira, Akash Bokho remembers. That's a funny thing. We're saying Akash Bokho, remember me for good. Remember me for life. Akash Bokho's memory is impeccable. So we think Hashem forgets things and we want him only to remember, like, Akash Bokho's selective memory? Like, how do you dive for Akash Bokho to remember something and then you're saying only for the good? By definition, Akash Bokho remembers everything. He doesn't need to remember everything. All the reality is his. He's the only one that exists. So how do you dive for him to remember something? And then when you dive him to remember something, you're asking him to remember only what you want him to remember and not the, and not the rest. What you're, what you're, what you're bad some davening for Akash Bokho's Zechira is you're asking for when Akash Bokho looks at you, how do you look at me? You can see that what my kavana was on the outside, on, 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 and you can see what my kavana was in the pneumius. You can look all the way at the struggle that I had internally, and look at what I did in a good light. Meaning, see that I may have messed up, but I didn't want to mess up. I may have done bad, but, but that's not what I wanted. See where I'm heading, see where my trajectory is, see where I've aligned myself eternally. I actively remember and see what, what the internal kavana was. Of course the facts are not going to be forgotten. The facts of whatever a person did are going to be recorded. They're done. They're there. It's part of the cheshben. But we're asking a Kodesh Baruch Hu to look beyond the facts and to look into the pneumius and to, and, to, and, to, and to remember me in a good light and, and the parts of me that wanted tov. Because now, why should he do that? Because now I'm grabbing onto those parts of myself. Right? So during the year, there were times we were motivated the Shema. There were times we were motivated low, low the Shema. He remembers all the facts. We're saying, Kodesh Baruch Hu, I don't want to be the other guy. I want to be the, the, the good guy that I was. Remember how I was when I did good because that's where I am now. That's where I'm holding. That's the part of myself that I would like to continue. And so that's, that's a hishtadlis in tefillah, that a kosh could take a look at you as a tzaddik, because at that moment you've actually changed yourself and you've desired a world of chayim. And he sees a genuine chuka. Oh. So it's not a free ride. You're not davening to be a tzaddik. Right now you're making yourself into a person that wants to be a tzaddik. And if you want to be a tzaddik, Kodesh will look at you and look at the maizim you've done in that light, understanding. It's very different. When you see a person did something and you see eventually he ended up in a good place, you say, okay. So what he did was getting him to where he was going. That was part of it. That was part of it. So you can look at that in a favorable light. The court's going to set in somebody. And they see he did some crime, but it turns out he was, became, uh, you know, Mother Teresa, the, the, the you know, times, whatever. He ended up turning to a big humanitarian person who opened up an organization to help people who had messed up like him. That. The sentencing is going to be different because they see that, okay, you know, like, we'll give him a slap on the wrist. We see that, that this led him into a good place. But a person does something bad and continues on a certain pathway, the facts, are, the facts never change, right? But what light do we look at the, the deen? How do we remember the mice? And what angle do we look at what he did? person continues with no remorse on a bad track and only keeps getting further arrested. Then they're like, listen, you know, we remember what you did in a very severe way because it didn't end you anywhere else. We're saying, I want to be a tzaddik. Remember me for the taiv. 
look at the direction that I'm I'm going. When you look at the Amaisim, I did put them in the light of a person that's growing to a certain to a certain place. So we're davening. So remember me for Chaim. See, this is who I want to be. I want to be a person that has eternal eternal life. That's not a free gift. That's a hishtadlis and an avoda that we're doing in the moment that we deserve in din at that at that point. Almost like Yishmael Basher Husham. So I'll just take it to the next Nakuda. So that's Dia number one. Are we in the book of Chaim or are we in the book of Mason? The next thing that comes out from that is what our Cheshbon during the year is going to be. Do you have, uh, you have, you have 10 minutes? Uh, mm. It's going to be 10 minutes? Okay. Yeah, we'll, we'll, we'll do it quick. We'll do it quick. Okay. The Gemara Brachas, the Gemara Brachas talks about the concept of the Moshe Rabbeinu Davin. It's a very complex Gemara. Okay. When we get to Chelek Beis of, of Derech Hashem, we'll talk about it more. But Moshe Rabbeinu Davin the Gosh for three requests. Yep. One of the requests that Moshe Rabbeinu wanted to know was... Why is it that the tzaddikim suffer? And Moshe Rabbeinu was told the following concept. He was told, tzaddik v'toivloi, tzaddik v'raloi, rosha v'toivloi, and rosha v'raloi. And the Gemara initially says, what's tzaddik v'toivloi? Tzaddik ben tzaddik. A tzaddik, the son of a tzaddik. What's rosha v'raloi? What's tzaddik v'raloi? Tzaddik ben rosha. The Gemara continues and says, what is rosha v'toivloi? Rosha ben tzaddik. What's Rosh Hashanah? Rosh Ben Rasha. Then the Gemara brings a stira and psukim. One pasuk suggests that we are punished. the Ben I can look it up, but we are punished based on the sins of our fathers. Another pasuk says that the Kodesh does not punish us based on the sins of the fathers. So the Gemara says the stira is one is when a person continues in the way of his family. The other pasuk is when a person does not continue the way of him. So we change and we do different than our upbringing. We are no longer responsible for the generations that came before us. Whereas if we don't change and we continue in the way that we were going, then we are going to continue to be responsible for the generations before us. And therefore, the Gemara rejects the idea that Sadik ben Sadik should get any more of a preferential treatment than Sadik ben Rasha. And the Gemara changes it and he says, one is Sadik Gomer. So tzaddik ben so so tzaddik v'toivlo a tzaddik that has a good life is a tzaddik gomer, he's a complete tzaddik a tzaddik who has struggles in life in suffering is a tzaddik she'eno gomer he still has things he needs to work on and to perfect in himself it's more complex than we're making out to be but rasha ve'raloi is a rasha that's eno gomer he's a rasha but he's not bad to the core and it's ralo therefore he has a tough time. Russia with Russia who's living it up, the mafioso boss with the with the yachts and the mansions and whatever it is, he's a Russia gummer. Right? So let's explain that for, for a second. Why is it like that? Surmchal and Hashem in the second Khalak spends a lot of time about this. He says a Tzadik Gummer is a person that does not need any more. I mean, obviously we have our Aveda that we do in this world and we can always change, we can always perfect ourselves, but there is a certain level of perfection that the Tzadik has that he does not need Yisurim to refine his character trait. The default should be that when we keep mitzvahs, that we get good in this world, right? If we listen to the mitzvahs, Kosh will give us rain, and he will give us uh, abundance of crop and, and whatnot. And even on a higher madriga, the Gemara says that if we are tzaddikim, the Goyim will do our farming for us and do our work. We won't even have to go to work anymore, like Yemus Moshiach. So doing mitzvahs equates with all your needs being taken care of, having all the goodness, having health, having rain, having parnasa, everything that, that, that a person needs. Why? I, the Rambam asks, Schar mitzvah b'hayolam leika. There should be no reward for mitzvahs within this world. The Ram said this is not reward for mitzvah. 
What this is, the Kodesh Baruch Hu says, I see you're a tzaddik Omer. I see you're doing good. You're doing a good job at your job. I will continue to invest in you so that you should be able to continue doing the job that you are doing. Like we spoke about last week, Roshon is the time where Kodesh Baruch Hu analyzes the world and makes the, and makes the cheshben how the world can continue on to its to its completion. So he assesses everybody in their jobs. He sees a person doing a stellar job at his performance review, and he says, you're doing a stellar job with your performance review? I will give you a year of good health and koichas and strength. Keep it up. Keep doing the things that you do. So, tzad, so when the Torah tells us, Vayayim Shemaya, we listen to the mitzvahs, Kodesh Baruch Hu will bestow all this reward on us. This is not the reward that we're supposed to get at Olam Haba. This is purely a Kodesh Baruch Hu continuing to invest in us, that through that investment, we should be able to make even more Olam Haba for ourselves and for the people that are around us. So a Tzad Gomer is given good things in this world so that he should be able to continue to do his, his, his avoida, right? And, and it's very complex because we're not all tzaddikim gemurim and we're not all tzaddikim enim gemurim and there are parts of us where we're given the tools that we have and other times we're not given the tools. So even, it's not like it's so clear cut. Like you're in that category where you're perfect so you get everything you need. You're not exactly perfect so you need a little bit of a patch because you're tzaddikim gemur. So you have to get sick, you have to have an infection, you have to have a little bit of a pachad when you see the bank account get lower. You're going to have a little issue when the teacher calls you with one of your kids in school. All these are there to perfect your business and make you into a better person. It's not the shot that one person is immune from that because he's perfect, he's a Tadak Gomer, and the other person is a Tadak Gomer, and therefore he gets all that. In different areas that we are, we are in different places. So a person in some areas, he's a Tadak Gomer. And of course, Rokhul could bestow upon him ease in certain areas in order for him to continue to do his, his Avaida. Whereas in other areas of his life, he needs some kind of a correction, and therefore, of course, Rokhul will make the Gzeira of Yisurim on the person. But it's even deeper than that. The Rambam says sometimes you, you suffer because you're a tzaddik. And Derech Hashem, he speaks about the idea that there are certain tzaddikim that took on suffering for the weight of the entire generation. To in the, the generation. People who died al Kiddush Hashem. People who went through terrible amounts of, of difficulty and struggle and, and, and persevered through it. And whether it turned out for the good that they, they lived through it and they were, or whether it did not turn out they died. Either way, sometimes being a tzaddik you could be Zoycha in, in terrible Yisurim for the sake of all of Kalah right? Very unclear why we get what we get, but there are certain basic rules of, of Ashkacha, which is that if you're a Tzaddik and you're perfect, Kosh will enable your Aveda. If you're a Tzaddik and you're not perfect, you're going to have to get a patch to improve and to bring you to the completion you can be. If you're a Rasha, Vito, Viralo, a Rasha who has a rough life, it's because there's still hope by you. Kosh keeps hitting you, saying, when are you going to wake up? Wake up, wake up, wake up. What are you going to wake up? Rasha Viralo? By Rasha Vitoivloi? Rasha Gomer? This person is evil down to the core. There is no way that he's ever going to turn around. So what does the Kosh Baruch Hu do? Chazal tell us, Kosh Baruch Hu There is not one thing that exists in the creation that doesn't receive the reward that he deserves. Any mitzvah a person does, he deserves reward for that. So the Rasha, the mafioso boss, crosses the old lady across the street, so he's done, he's done something tov. Because Baruch Hu has to reward him. How does he reward him? He re- rewards him with the currency of this world. I had a deeper word on this, not for now, but, but when, a, when a mitzvah is done lishma, the only reward for a mitzvah lishma is that of the nature of Olam Haba. When a mitzvah is done shalom lishma, which is a chelak of this world, it's motivated by the drives of the physical, kina, kavod, taiva, gashmias, person is doing something because he wants to get something out of it, right? These are very much the things that are physical. So the currency, the reward is going to be the nature of the mitzvah itself, which is going to be something which is the oil of gashmi, by definition. So the Russia will receive 
Tremendous reward in this world. He will receive tremendous reward. He will be build a mansion. His 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 mafioso business and crime syndicate will uh, will. We see the Rishayim sometimes. This world incredible. Some of these dictators, etc. The answer is they're being paid off for any davar tov they ever did, and there will not be an ounce of schar left by the time they die, and then they will experience absolute non-existence. The true misa of Sefer Mason. That's there when the Russia finally dies at a ripe old age after having the best medical treatment and, and all the time as he could have in, in, in this world. That's Russia Viralo. Nobody wants to be in that category, right? But even Russia Vitoivlo, the point is that there's still a pinful yid that's there. There's, there's, there's epis, something that could be worked with. And of course, Baruch will attempt to give this person a bad life and challenge him in certain areas to bring about that he should, uh, um, to bring about that, that he should reach the goal that, that, that's there. So that's what the Ramchal says. At first, we have to establish what a person's station is. Are you in Sefer Chaim? Are you in Sefer Mason? The Cheshben, how you get from point A to what exactly is going to happen to you that year is tremendously complicated. It's beyond any Asagar understanding that a human being can even have every person, what Madregi is holding up, what his interconnections are to the other people in the world, what he's to bring about in Kiddush Hashem in the world, what he personally needs to shtag, what he personally needs to, to be taught a lesson, right? All these things are, 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 are it's the complexity of the Cheshben was beyond anything that Moshe Rabbeinu had the ability to, to grasp. So we, we don't understand it. But in the second set of inserts in the Shemona Asrei, we say, whatever it is that I need to go through to perfect the world, could you bring it out in a way where it's Chaim Tevin? Can you bring it out in a way where at least I don't, I, I can understand it in this world, where I'm not being debilitated by it, where I understand I need this Tikkun, and I understand that, that I need to fix something in the world. Can't you work it out in such a way where I shouldn't have to suffer terribly, right? We daven. Loli de nisoyen, loli de bizoyen. Person davens. Yes, the Kodesh was pulling the strings and he knows what's best for us. But he gave us an avayda for tefillah. So we're putting in a good word that when the gzera comes down, can it be in such a way where it's chaim tovim, where it's bracha and it's shalom and it's parnasa? Give me a chance. Give me all the kale I need to, to do better without the, without the, without the patch. Let me do it on my, on, on my own. Kodesh might listen. He might not listen, but like old tefillah, it's most certainly heard, it's most certainly registered, and we daven that the, 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 the xerah should come down in such a way where we should be able to continue and enable our avaydah. And I would imagine that the more sincere a person is to want to use the things that are apportioned to him in this world, for taiv, the more Kosh will trust him with that cheshbin and, and give him the things that he, he needs, you know? I'm always blown away in the dialogue with the, the certain shuls they auction and in some kehillahs the idea of a psicha leparnasa is a very big thing. And there's uh, the, the kapital tilam, right, that we say over there with all the, the remozim for parnasa, you know? And some people, their whole excitement is over this tefillah. So I just wonder if it works or it doesn't work, you know? I, I, it's hard to imagine that it works, unless if they're Rosh Hashanah, you know what I mean? No, I mean but like, that's not the way that we're supposed to look at it. Yes, a person knows that that tefillah has a segula in it. 100% you should pay the money to get the tefillah for, for Yehuda. I'm sorry, Hebra. Just We're almost done. Hebra, we're just giving a share. We're almost done, please. Yeah, so, so, so a person should want to invest in the, in the tefillah. But don't look at it as your lottery ticket. Look at it as, of course, Baruch Hu, I want to be a true Eved Hashem, so I'm going to be mishtadl and davening in such a way, so you can be parnasa to do that. Kosh Baruch Hu might say yes, he might say no. We know the greater the tefillah, the more Kosh Baruch Hu is, will, will acquiesce. We are partners in a Kosh Baruch Hu. We don't say that we don't daven because Hashem knows what's best. We never say that. We assume Kosh Baruch Hu created Adam. First thing he did is he put him in Gan Eden. There was no, no, no vegetation, no nothing. And he said Adam, and Adam sold it. The Adam ayin lavod is Adama. There was nothing in the world. Adam davens, Kosh Baruch Hu, tell us, it rains. 
Right, the Eid Yalom in Aretz, it rains, and all of a sudden everything sprouted. So Kodesh Baruch Hu wants the stuff that comes in this world to come through Tefillah. We are partners with the Kodesh Baruch Hu when it comes to, to Tefillah, right? So it's appropriate to daven for it, but just to understand, you know, why Taka, why Taka are we davening for it, right? That, 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 that's the exciting to understand that the Iker on Roshana is to establish, do I want to be a Tzaddik? And everything else comes about vis-a-vis through that. Good? Okay. Shall be zeichet to the year of Chaim. Chaim, Chaim. True Chaim and and Chaim Tevim. Chaim Tevim also.